Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Chino. And I'm Cass Marie. And you're listening to Nods and Bops. Thank you for tuning in this week. We are 10 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that, Chino? Yo, I'm when, proud of me. When we started talking about this idea, it was like, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about an idea. It's the next thing to actually get up and do it and get into 10 episodes. That's a, that's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to me, too. Shit. I think we're on the same page about that. So for episode 10, we wanted to focus it on one thing, one film, Homecoming, written, produced, directed by Beyonce. Beyonce, the queen. Yes. Yeah, so today we're going to just run down a couple of things um, about the film, kind of our favorite moments, the things we like, all of the elements that went into it from the cinema. <laughs> I always from the laugh. cinematography. I always mess up this word. The from filming. Right. The from, editing. From that. <laughs> the shots to, of the camera. <laughs> to the the layering of it, right? Where right. she's talking about the commitment to showcasing black culture. Yeah. Where she's talking about leadership and hard work and what it takes to get there. And to the, you know, to everything else. We're just going to talk about it as a whole. So let's jump into it, though, Chino. Tell me some of your favorite overall moments. Some of my favorite moments were... Honestly, getting to know Beyonce, like when she would step out of the performance, like the performance was great, right? It was excellent. It was masterful. It, it showed expertise and mastery at a whole new level. She's shitting on you niggas. <laughs> Loki. <laughs> like it's not even close. Not even close. Name another person as big as Beyonce. Like pound for pound, talent for talent, if this were a fight. You know what we was talking about? I watched this movie, um, with my boyfriend and then at the later half some friends and we were talking about comparing people and I, I remember saying, you know, it's hard to compare Beyonce to someone like Michael Jackson or whatever the case may be just because they were big stars in different eras where different things existed. So at the time that Michael Jackson was putting on like these masterful performances, the technology was different. Right. You know, the set designs and what was possible at the time was different. Just like so with I James Brown. Our time, it was different for him. Right, then exactly. Then it was different for Mike. And right. then it's different for Bay. Yeah. So for our Gotta time, throw Prince in there too. I think Beyonce is hands down probably best performer the greatest of all time I wouldn't say like best dancer I think that goes to like Chris Brown I think as performer as a whole where she's bringing the visuals where she's bringing the actual like vocal talent and then when she's bringing in um, the supplements of the vocal talent which is the choreography and stuff like that I think Beyonce for sure takes that yeah I think Beyonce is number one as far as the total package like MVP most got, like she she's number one definitely. I was I, I was telling you this off mic I was never really a Beyonce fan, a stan. Like, growing up, it was like, this is Beyonce. She had songs that I really liked, and I fucked with her. I also liked Destiny's Child. Um, But it was never like, I'm a Beyonce fan, fan, fan. This documentary might have made me part of the beehive. Like, no joke. And I only say that because it really made me, like, respect her in a whole different way that I wasn't... um, and, and I want to clarify, like, I don't want to say that I have to see somebody go through struggle and pain in order to respect them. Like, it's I respect her for her talent, and I always have, but this really made me look at her like, 
jam. Yeah. Like she did, I'm sure we're going to get into details about it later, but she had eight months of preparation for yeah. this, like right post the twins. I mean, the right. twins, from the documentary, when she started, it looked like they wasn't even walking yet. She was still breastfeeding and everything. No, she was definitely still breastfeeding. Like she just had twins and it was like, okay, I got to get my body back. Like she showed right. she showed her post postpartum, like she showed her right after the pregnancy they even did a little bit of you know this is my first rehearsal since mm-hmm. having the babies right. and you know she was moving a little slow but like she was getting back in she was getting back into it but i agree with you i didn't become you know i'm a guy you know <laughs> you're dating black women you're gonna hear a lot about beyonce and it's all over social media and this that and the third and i respected her like i liked her i'm a huge jay-z stan right um, but I wasn't so much of a, I listen to Beyonce music, but then, um, I had the subscription with the title, right? And, you know, supporting black businesses, yada, yada, yada. And when she dropped the visual album of Lemonade, that's when I became a fan. This documentary was me getting to know her as an artist. Like, you know, we grow with artists. This was me getting to know a little bit more about her, like not being a woman. I don't follow her heavy, you know, like right, right. shout out to her, power player, biggest artist in the world, getting a bag, you know. But you're not necessarily it. tracking her movement. Yeah, like, I wasn't. Like, you're when, not like the yeah. beehive, beehive fans who yeah, really I'm know not. what's going right. You know, I'm Same. not, but like, I really enjoyed her sharing those intimate moments of her. Like, you got to see Beyonce, the superstar, Beyonce, the mother, Beyonce, the perfectionist, Beyonce, the performer. She showed you the layers of Beyonce. You got to see a little bit about her interactions with Jay-Z. I thought they had some great couple moments in there. I really enjoyed it, yo. I think my... (laughs) So we talking about... There's so much to unpack with this. That's why we had to make this a whole episode because it's it's just so many layers to it. I'm sure we're going to get into detail about her performance and getting ready for it. So in terms of favorite moments, would you say that one of your favorite moments had anything to do with when they had um, any of those couple moments? Because I would say some one of my favorite moments in when the I film. When I gotta go home, I, I gotta go home, y'all. To my 50, 11 <laughs> oh, yeah. children. Yeah, that, that was yeah, that so took cute. Me out. I was at work like dying. <laughs> I was like, yo, that shit, that shit was funny when the whole anniversary thing where she was like, we gotta get this together. And I gotta go because it's my anniversary and JC was like, Hey, y'all. Hi, y'all. <laughs> yeah, when she was there talking to the team, and then, yeah, that was a good one, too. She One of my favorite moments was when she tried on an old costume, and she's yeah, like, let's FaceTime Jay real that quick. And she just wanted to show him. Like, it was literally like a not even two-minute conversation. And all right. it was just cute. He was like, <laughs> all right. You know, I was telling my boyfriend off mic. Well, clearly off mic. But I was telling him, you know, he must have, He's been hearing before that while she was pregnant with the twins. She said when she got off, when she, when she got off, when she gave birth to the twins, she was 200 and something pounds, right? So you got to think post that, all that time, post that before she started practicing for Coachella. Jay is the person that's hearing about how she looks, how she feels about herself. She said it in this documentary. I had to work to gain my confidence again. I felt like a foreigner. She felt like a foreigner in her body. Um, after giving birth, she had so many complications with the birth. Um, and the pregnancy and whatnot. So she said she felt for and she had to learn all the moves and then add her personality to it, add the sexiness, add what we were seeing at Coachella, you know? Can I so, add just a little sidebar? Yeah, go ahead. 
motherhood and motherhood for black women. You know, I'm a dude. I'm heterosexual. I don't. I, you know, I have sisters and shit. I'm I'm close to a few women. I I'm learning like at 23 about that, like how complicated it gets. Like my mom has told me how hard it was her having me. She's in labor like all day, and I came late. I was like two weeks late. Um, but like hearing about that, like. She had like three diseases, <laughs> and she had a you know the baby stopped breathing like she she could have died like it learning about learning about that just opened my eyes and I know the guys you know all of us are gonna have to do it yo we're gonna lay up with our girl and we're gonna watch the doc that's just how I go right now like that's what's in the meat like that's what she wanna watch that's what we're gonna watch right so just noticing that like that was such a that was such a I don't want to use the word intimate that was such a personal moment where she was like. Yeah, this is my pregnancy. This is what I was going through. This is kind of why I was low. This is why I didn't do the performance the year before I got pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. Unexpectedly. Yeah, unexpectedly. And it was just like, wow. You know, you had to admire her for that. Like, as a guy, you just kind of got to respect her for that. Like, just hats off. And then you saw in the dock how hard she worked. Like, working out, on the ropes, doing the workouts, performing. Woman like fucking 14 hours a day like and she got her body back she maintained her relationship with everybody because you know she she's the matriarch of her family mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably a lot i of mean them. at the time she yeah. has twins she said this in the documentary too i think you said something earlier um to pre you know precursor i guess what i'm about to say uh that you really had a chance to know beyonce through this documentary That's and i agree I felt like I got to know it, it yeah. was like one of the and she, beyonce has a knack at doing this it was one of those moments where she let me know just enough you know, she didn't give me too, too, too much of her personal life. During the, in the documentary, from what I could tell, she never took me to her house, you know. But she definitely gave me moments between her and Jay. Like I said, like that favorite moment Lots on camera. Lots of pictures with the baby. Pa- Actually, pictures with the babies. The babies. Her, she took her to her. She took her to her house. It seemed like like there were moments where it was just her holding the babies and they weren't at the set. Or, you're right. You're you right. Know, and you right. know. But even then, like that's what I'm saying. It's so it's so subtle yeah, it that was, it's it not was, it's not a total me, yeah. it's not a reality show. It's not an invasion. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really just her telling her story and going as as far as she thinks, as far as she wants to. And I think that it gave us plenty. You know, and like you, you know, said, we me, got to see yeah. her in all those flashes yeah, yeah, yeah. of light. We got mother performer. Um, all of those flashes and I think that there's a part in the documentary that really represents what you said well like showing all those different you know parts of her yeah. there was a part in the documentary where it was just fl- you remember that where it was just like flashing images under um, like some music just like 50 right different back to back to little videos it was mostly videos like her with the family her at practice her exhausted her with Jay like a bunch of little flashes that's it just wrapped it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this it was is great. Who she is. I really, all these people you know, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm real big into video editing and film making and all of that shit. So I was paying attention to that, and it's just like, I really appreciated the editing as well as just it was very family oriented. Like she, she made her team. It was a family. It was a moment, right? She, she emphasized this is a moment. And I just appreciated the fact she capitalized on the moment, you know? Like, we won't be talking about Baychella all the time, but like, it'll come up multiple times in conversations when we talk about music festivals. There, I'm sorry, maybe I'm hating. You, you can say what you want. Message me if you got a problem. There's annoying. no Ari Cella, my nigga. There's no Weekend Cella. If Drake headlines, there's no Drake Cella. No, 
It's Baychella. Period. And I I, mean, we don't have, have to. We don't have to fucking keep going back and forth on. Oh, why every time a person do something great, y'all, y'all try and do something sidebar half ass. I really liked how she said, "Hey, the reason people don't practice and rehearse is because it exposes their insecurities. Yeah. It exposes their lack of detail." She basically said, "The reason people don't practice is because they don't want to call themselves out." Well, that's what she was that's saying. That's why she on it's, another what level. What she said is that you know. The reason people don't practice is because they don't, people don't like looking awkward. They don't yeah. like feeling awkward. They yeah. don't like feeling off. It humbles you. That's what she was saying. Yeah, she said and I agree. You, yeah. I agree. It's It really does humble you. You could tell. She was practicing for eight months. The first four months of practice was them getting all the vocals and the music right, right. which I think is a great way to structure it. And if you have a performance like that, in the on the level that she did that I mean she said in the documentary they did things that wasn't typical of a festival performance yeah. so of she course it's going to take right of course out. it's it going to take con- this 8 was a months concert to a year for her. To- this was her concert this was as if she was on the road this was like I don't know what Jay-Z and Beyonce were doing before on the run this was like when Beyonce was just doing Beyonce right. concert, she put on a concert. Right. Two weekends. Right, right. Like, you got it twice. She did that. She did that, like, I love, flawlessly. I love the, it going back and forth between them being in purple, being in yellow, being in purple, being in yellow. Yep, like, yep, her yep. being everywhere. I was she, saying, I was when I was watching that, I was like, you got to think about how precise those movements had to be, how on target. It brings me back to this four months of practice. She did the four months of getting the vocals and stuff right. And then she did four more months of them practicing. So Beyonce was practice alone was about eight months. And then you got to think about the pre-planning process that probably was a, a whole year before that. So probably about two years invested into this. And you could see it unfolding. You could see it in the post-production. Like I, like you were pointing out, the switching back and forth, that would have been damn near impossible to edit and to do if those movements weren't as precise as on point. Yes. Like they were hitting every single beat, you know, did like you hear, every single beat. Did you beat. hear they said that some of the audio, the microphones, the band was supposed to, that had in their ear and shit, their headphones, some of that went out. So they were just doing it quiet, like doing it off of muscle memory practice. That's amazing. Like, it's amazing that the performers did all of that. She handpicked all the performers. I, I really enjoyed that she said, I wanted black people to see themselves in this performance she wanted women to see themselves in this performance you know she had women with all different body types up there she had the two light skin guys with the crazy hair that were freaking she had the dudes that were pop locking and all of that like she she had a few quotes in there that spoke to what you're talking about which is you know black people seeing themselves represented and all kinds of representations from how you look to what type of personality you have and just being proud of everything you bring even if it, this is the look if it's the sass if it's whatever it is just being proud of that one of the quotes that she had in there that spoke to that was to me quote to me we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world black people and i mean that in every sense and that was a quote by nina simone she had another one in here that i really liked quote the youth needs to see greatness reflected in our eyes go forth let them know it's real and that's by deny Gurira, hope I pronounced her name right. Um, but yeah, so she 
she's a real artist she's real detailed she was involved with every process of this from the pre-planning you gotta think they had to plan out this documentary before they started doing everything for it right so all those details and everything that went into that i don't know i mean i'm talking about they had to plan it i'm not talking about specific scenes you can't you can't vision board something like this but i think that you had she she for sure had to have at least started it before they started rehearsing for them to catch her when she first came back for her first practice that had to already been in the works i know this is speculation but like beyonce is always on like she's always recording herself like she's hired a few camera people they're always recording right Mm -hmm. i really think this documentary is more so a, a compilation of the moments in our life preparing for this. I don't necessarily think, and it's just me, I don't think the doc would have came out as well as it did had she tried to. I know she wasn't but trying to get shots. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm telling I'm you. I'm sure, I'm sure, I don't like, think it was storyboarded, it, but yeah, I think that the yeah. conversation, I think that when she knew she was going to be a part of Coachella and then she had to push it back and then she came back, I think at that point she was like, you know what, we should make a documentary out of this. And then oh, she just let it go on yeah. the fly. That's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, let we me explain it to you. We, be, we oh, always be on that shit. We be like, oh, we're saying the same thing, just two different ways. I was saying, <laughs> yo, I kind of think. Yeah, this yeah, is it's her, for sure this freestyle, is, this for is, sure. This is her life, and this is, you know what? I want to share this with y'all. Right. Here's I don't a think there's a vision beyond, board. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think there was no yeah, storyboard. I don't yeah. think there were video. It came out great like, though. What, let's what get Beyonce have. doing this. Then let's get no fuck no. She don't even have time for some shit like that. She just had to be going through the motions. The doc is just. I like it like Beyonce's that though. Beyonce's life. I like it too. It was so And you genuine. know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody. Just like what we're doing. Not everybody can just talk off the rip of. Oh, it's gotta be. Oh, we need to say this, this, that, and third. No, I, I think that's how Beyonce lives her life. Even though I think she's a very calculated and intelligent woman, I think that we got to see B. That's what I appreciated so much about it. We got to see the intimacies of her life. We also got to see her personal life reflected in her performance, and the performance with reflecting her career. We got to see her whole career in just this performance. Um, I love the songs that she chose. I do too. Um, And I I think that, like you said, she really, you get to see her in the performance. You get to see everything she brings. Like when she's singing some of those songs off of the Lemonade album, you can feel it. Like she's really singing it. Like she's singing it like the first time she sung it. Like so when she was singing Sorry, I Ain't Sorry, when she was... um, you know the songs that she made for Jay Z, and, and she was performing it at Coachella. You could feel the energy in each song. Right, right, like right. imagine being in the crowd. We also in the group that was watching it, watching the film with me. We talked about to, that too. Like imagine being in the crowd and feeling that energy. No matter who you are, if you are Bay fan or you not, like if you a straight guy, if you you know whatever, you could just feel it, and it might overtake you. You might be in there rocking out <laughs> to single ladies, yeah. and that has you have no relation to it. I'll Outside of this moment, but because their energy was so phenomenal. I was watching a documentary and I probably had a few moments that I was about to cry because I could feel the energy. So I can't even imagine what it was like being in the crowd and just there. And for the people that were up close, up close, I would have. The people that she kept (laughs) panning to in the sections, they felt it. A sidebar, she was very particular about the audio. I really appreciated that. I think it's just because we some fucking audio junkie nerds and (laughs) we both in media and video and all of that shit and creative producing or whatever. And it's just like, she said, hey, 
I want the band to sound like the band, so we need to make sure we're capturing the band sound, and that's one thing I really appreciated watching it. Yeah, let's I talk about that. I felt like let's I was there. Let's talk about her her team because yeah, I loved how at the end of her performance she stood there and acknowledged everybody. She said thank you to every single group. She said thank you to her orchestra, thank you to her drumline, to her dancers, um, to the people behind the scenes that's making that happen. So let's talk about that scene. You mentioned this earlier, um, the day that it was her anniversary, how she was communicating with her team. Because I feel like me and you were both on the same page that we really um, fucked with the way she was talking to them and the message she was trying to get across. It was just from what I remember, it was a family atmosphere. She, I hate using that word, empowered, but she she gave the dancers the freedom to do what they felt like doing. And in the performance, you saw not everybody was doing the same thing. Like, this wasn't something that was choreographed to we all need to look the same. It was more choreographed. We all need to be looking good, doing some crazy shit at these moments and such and such. And... She I basically think, I think it was like we all need to some of it was we do need to yeah, look the same. Yeah, a lot of them a lot of them there were movements where they were doing the same thing but there was also individuality. I, I was what I'm trying to say is there was individuality in the movement oh, sure. of certain performers at certain moments in time right. and I really appreciated that and I really I liked I like that we got to hear from the people performing. A she lot said, of them were HBCU grads. Like, like that, though. She yeah. set it up. One of the first practices that they had was, I don't have nothing structured for us today. It's jank. She said this on the documentary. This is janky right now, but I just want us to listen to the music, go out there, and just move to it. And, that, and I think that it came together like that. I think it was a lot of it was... Beyonce learning from, you know, the drum line. Beyonce learning from the dancers. Learning from the this was HBCU battle of the attendees. Yeah. This was oh my Battle God. of the Bands brought to Coachella. <laughs> this was the Golden Delights at AT&T brought to Coachella. This was Bethune-Cookman. This was all these HBCUs. But I went to Southeast Raleigh High School. Southeast Raleigh High School is basically a mini HBCU. It's a fill, like a, a filler school. Like it, it's a filler school into A&T, Central, um, Winston-Salem State. Like a lot of, we graduate a lot of people that go on to HBCUs basically. And growing up in that high school, those alumni come back. Shaw University has their homecoming at our football field, you feel me? Because we have a nice little stone stadium, and like it, it, it's nice. It's it's on a horse pasture, like it's so much land, whatever. And it's in the middle of the city, um. So like growing up like that, it just brought back so many good memories. Like I got my blackness from being socialized in that, like urban, kind of from the city, from the south, but like moving around and doing all of that and being with so many black people all the time. Like my high school is 90% black. That's what it felt like. It was really 80%, but that's what it felt like. And everybody was a part of that pop, urban culture, hip hop scene, whatever. And so like, I just, I enjoyed it. It brought back so many good memories from a personal standpoint. Just, I know what I've, I was playing football. We were out there running suicides and doing hitting drills while the band was maybe a hundred yards away in the field doing such and such. Uh, damn, what's my what's our band teacher's name? Fuck, I wanted to shout him out. Uh, I think his name is like John Smith or something. Shout out to him though, but he had them dudes on point. He won a whole bunch of awards and shit. Like he's a real great band director and. 
I, it was just amazing. It was just amazing. For me, being that black, like, it was really black. It was blackity black. Like, that's what I liked about the whole it shit. It was. It was real black. And I was just so proud. It made me real proud to be black because it was like, we're going to put on this performance. But you know how they try and put you in a box. Oh, black people, sports and entertainment. Now we more than that. She put in the quotes from, as you can see, W.E.B. Du Bois, Toni Morrison, Nina Simone, who... Like, just these iconic black figures in the canon of black culture. She had that mixed in with everything. Like, she gave you a part of her life. She gave you black history. She gave you black culture in the moment. I know, um, what's that? What's that MTV show? It's not Battle of the Bands, but it was like a whole bunch of dancing groups. You know what I'm talking about? They would all compete. Not so you think you can dance. It's not so you think you can dance. It was like... These were real life dancers, like all battling. The Jabberwockies were on there with the white mask. Fuck. Not white, not white and out. It wasn't wild and out. I don't know what show that is. I don't even want to Google. It's unimportant. Basically, (laughs) it reminded me of that too. Um, Shout out to the Q with the beard that had the brand on his chest. That was wild. (laughs) That was wild. Yo, he was doing his thing. Shout out to the AKAs that took the picture. Um, Yo, and kill all that shit on Greek shenanigans about, oh, they can't throw up the diamond. Shut up. Like, it doesn't matter. Hey, the Sigma sign isn't an E. Who the fuck cares? You know, who, who cares, yo? Be happy Greek was represented there. As you know, Be happy the D9 was represented think, in the dot, you know? I think you're making a good transition into, you know, what we want to wrap up with, which is the large showcasing of black culture. But the thing that I liked the most was the showcasing of um, HBCU culture and yeah. then also, like, Divine Nine traditions. I didn't go to an HBCU. I really wanted to, and I let everybody talk me out of it. Um, but I went to a PWI, and our, on our campus, the Divine Nine sororities and fraternity representation that we had was so important because there wasn't that big of a presence. So when it was things Same like here. my first probate um, was in college, and it was an alpha probate, and I just I remember sitting there Mine like, oh too. my god, this that is was so my dope. First probate. An alpha one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like four. It was a line of four guys. It was dope. I knew the guys that were yeah. online and stuff, and then I had friends that went on later to join, you know, sororities and fraternities. Yeah. So it was real cool to see. It was cool to see. I'm in a sorority, a multicultural sorority, so I also I've been in a probate. It was cool to see her bring probates. To it. it was, was cool crazy. to see like the Greek alphabet up there, the coordination when they were having like the, the introduction. The jumpers that yeah, were the killing jumper it. That with the letters. Out, it was doing the, yeah, yo, I'm, that this shit person, was crazy. I'm this person. I'm this person. I really like how she used like when they were introducing themselves, they were um, using like song lyrics and like her songs. Yeah. Like yeah. also known My as if is. I was a boy, <laughs> also known as this and this. I'm like, that's so fucking dope. Yo. It was so just on point and it's crazy because it's like you said like she really was learning from them like these are real students probably like people really in sororities and fraternities like you said that cue was up there like real movements that they do and they were able to come not only spend for some of them the people that did the music they spent eight months rehearsing with Beyonce the people that did the dancing and the performance and stuff they spent like the last four months of it right so Eight I months with Beyonce. I don't, don't give me lying, fam. It looked like the dancers was there for fucking eight months. Well, she was saying that what they got the vocals together, all the music people, like the band and all them, the orchestra, all, they did all that for four months first. And then after that, they added the dancer yeah. for four months. Because she did have a thing that was like 120 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was days, counting down. All the, yeah. 
you could see the the it's, progression. It though. was yeah. I I appreciated that. Take us through. I like the journey. I, I appreciate the journey. We got to see the moment, and then we got to see what it took to get up the, to that the moment. The step shows when I went to um when I was in elementary school. So stepping was an interesting thing for me because when I moved to the states and I went to college and going to the probates. Stepping was attached to only Divine Nine, but I'm used to stepping as just being like a cultural thing. They like when I was, yeah, when I was in an elementary school, there were step teams. Like stepping was like a big thing. I'm totally uncoordinated, but stepping is like the one thing that I'm like, <laughs> like I like to do, and I'm willing, you know, I'm willing to like Yo, be awkward and you. practice to I do think. it. That's how I am um, with. That's how so I, I am love with seeing strolling. it up there. Like when I was seeing, I was like, this reminds yeah. me of elementary school when the girls used to get to together and like the little spaces and and just corners in school during lunchtime and everybody will be stepping and shit they'll be drumming on in my in my elementary school they will be drumming on the like on um wood wood panels like there were hallways and there would be we had open air schools so there would be like wood panels close to the bathrooms and there'd be boys drumming on it and then the girls would be stepping and dancing (laughs) like like you said like you have your own memories with her like shit that reminded you the stepping and the band and stuff, that reminded me of that. It reminded me of high school and watching my band perform and yeah. how good they That's were. That's how it was. Like in Just my, a lot of culture yeah, it, for real. It reminded, me of, it reminded me of my adolescence. Like, I was in Kappa League in high school. So, like, I had a probate in high school. <laughs> and just, like, being on the football field when I was, like, I played football. I played on JV for two years and then, like, varsity one year. And I was wrestling the whole time, too. And, like... You know, I was real involved in my school. Like, I helped put on my homecoming, you know? Like, senior year, I remember coordinating that. Like, it just, it's so black, because you get the whole community to come out. And it, I just really appreciated it, that's all. Like, I, it brought back so many great memories of, I remember going to step practice. Even in college, like, you know, we don't step as cues, we stroll and hop and shit like that. Like, it's the same with me. Like, I'm more of a... I'm a practice-oriented person. Like, I only look good if I practice a oh, lot. Me too. That's how my life oh, is. It's like, y'all be thinking, oh, you doing... Sh- Nigga, do you know how long it took me? <laughs> right. Do you know how long it Let took me? Let me tell you something. When this podcast is over, I promise to show you the first move that we did for my probate. And I, I promise you, it's the simplest move I've ever done. That and shit that took shit you 100 took me dollars, 100 like a hundred times. My, my line sister, that had two line sisters that had to pull me to the side to get me to get that move before we could move on to everything else. So I, I, that's why I appreciate the detail because I understand like I understand the work what it that goes in yeah to, to look like that yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I looked nowhere near how they looked you know what I'm saying <laughs> so for to get to that level and four yeah. months of straight you have hour, hours and hours and hours that you practicing and Beyonce is in your face critiquing and praising nope. you like, do it again how are you not combusting it again. like I will combust into but could you joy. imagine <laughs> she handpicked those performers one of the you were dan- handpicked by Beyonce one of the period. dancers was like that's why I fuck with Beyonce cause she picked the top of the top and she's the top of the top so they felt like and they, she gave they were in the same atmosphere as her, just doing something different. The fact that they were up there, I'm sure they were like, I'm here for a reason. And we all have doubt. Nobody, Anyone that's a performer, anyone that's in anything that has an expertise in something, who's great at something, not good, not mediocre, not, oh, you do that on the side, that's cute. Anyone that's great at something, we all share that same thing. We're very driven, right? But we all have doubt and fear just like everyone else. We have anxiety, depression, just like anyone else, right? We all have trauma we're living with, right? But the difference is you push through that shit. You just keep doing it. 
Newsflash, greatness don't come overnight. It's like an iceberg. You only get to see the tip. You don't see all the that large, ugly mass at the bottom, you know? And so that's 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 greatness. You didn't see Beyonce just, oh, I know I'm Beyonce. I'm going to go up there and I'm a freak Baychella. Yeah, like she really showed us her working back up to Beyonce. We look at Beyonce as... This is Beyonce all the time, 365 days a year. There was a period of time before she did this Coachella performance where Beyonce wasn't even looking at herself as Beyonce. And she put in the hard work to get back there. And that's that's what's so admirable about that shit. I mean, when her, when they were doing interviews with people that were performers, which I like that part too. I like some of the interviews they dropped in there. One of the girls said, this is a dream I could have I could have never dreamed of. Right. You know how powerful that is to sit there and be like, this is this experience is so overwhelmingly positive and dope that in my wildest dreams, it wasn't even one. It wasn't even something I could have conceptualized. You know, I really appreciated those little nits and bits and clips. But my overall most favorite thing about this movie is how fierce she was about the protection of hbcus um and again not only showcasing black culture but really protecting it she started the performance the coachella performance one of her songs was lift every voice and sing like i used to sing that in elementary school every morning yeah Yeah. i used to sing that in elementary school every morning that was it was the pledge allegiance lift every voice and sing and the virgin islands march down at juanita garden elementary school i remember that real clear and it was so joyous for me to see her go on a national stage and sing an important song that probably a lot of people there you know non-black people had probably never heard in their life Never, don't even know what that is but that's it's such a staple like everybody knows lift every voice and sing everybody knows it and if you don't know the, the exact words you at least know you know so i really liked how she was so fierce about that protection and especially with the hbcu she ended the documentary by being like you know there's so many people that are culturally aware and intellectually sound that have graduated from hbcus and it's something that we have to um protect and yeah because hbcus graduate most black people um you said you went to a pwi i went to a pwi i was in a class of like 4,500 people i was one of 106 black guys that got in and actually went by my sophomore year it was 99 of us so i definitely understand that i love hbcus there had been some things that happened at my university that were really controversial. And you know me, I'm, I'm real pro-black. Like, not the fake woke shit, like political, economic, political, economics, and all that other crazy shit that comes with it. Like, I, I'm thinking like that. And I've been thinking like that since I was in high school. It's just gotten better and more concise and more clear being 23 now because I took a black history class in high school right with a great mentor named Mr. Walker shout out to Williams Walker he's in Raleigh used to teach at Southeast used to coach girls basketball pillar in the community type of cat right so learning all of that and going to a PWI same as you got convinced not to go like you know I thought about going to Morehouse or Howard I went to UNC because I thought it's the best it's the best school in the state that's public and you know it's it's one of the top public schools in the country so like why not go and although I appreciate everything I got from that I remember running to the HBCUs to go party 
all my boys that went to other schools, they used to come see me. And I was jealous that I didn't get to come see them, you know, at their HBCUs. And I really appreciate that culture. Like, it's just different. It's all black. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it was real touching. That's all I'm trying to yeah. say. It was real touching. It but speaks HBCUs on, like, on a pedestal. current moments. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on real quick uh, is that that news piece that's been going around about, you know, how Howard University students feel some type of way because a lot of the residents, most of them non-black surrounding like the campus are bringing their dogs to like walk on campus. And you know that Howard University has certain spaces on the campus where it's like dedicated to like Divine Nine, where they have the trees that are painted and the benches and stuff like that. And so people are worried that they're just bringing these dogs um, to just pee on or you know just be on land that's like more sacred and not not just there so i i think that her talking about i think the people protecting are, hbcus was important to highlight situations like that when isn't you're it ironic with, how this drops and then that happens that happens yeah it was I, so ironic what i really think and cut me off if i'm wrong right it's about the protection of space it's about this is our space on our campus yes it's a it's a private school though, right? Um, it's in a community. It's in a D- it's in DC. It's it's really in DC. Like, be careful. And DC though. is pushing up against a lot of gentrification it in is. the last couple years. So you it have is. this HBCU that's in the middle of somewhere where you have gentrification pushing up against it, and so you yeah. have these students trying to, like you said, protect this space. Yeah. It, it, that's they said, what it I is. read a it's couple articles where they were talking about, you know, this is just sacred to us, and there's unspoken rules. Like, yeah. the, the university doesn't have a policy against walking your dogs on campus, but it's an unspoken rule. Like, I wouldn't let my dog pee on a tree that has, you know, any of the divine nine or symbolism on, on the, it. Or just be on be on a certain grass. Or just, you like, know, certain unspoken rules. You yeah. know, you don't go on, you, you don't graffiti these areas. You don't do shit like that. And yeah. when you have outsiders kind of coming in, it's real easy for them not to know these unspoken rules. And beyond that, not to even care. Honestly, like, h- how many of those people have are probably walking through Howard campus not even giving thought to how much of a staple it is? Did you hear the guy like, that everybody said, knows maybe about- they should get used to it or move the campus? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? No, motherfucker. Like, no. Shut the fuck up. Like, that's the guy. Those are the people that, like, you get really agitated with and you want to do something, but you know that's not going to help you. It's just going to make them go even harder in their cruel twisted reality of their privilege so it's one of those things where you have to swallow that one like i watched the interview and i just realized it's been there since 1867 you're talking about moving to campus so you're comfortable I'm just at the point in my life. That's what I'm saying. You I have don't, people that just I don't, don't even you. care. I don't, he probably don't even know don't that. Care. He don't, don't even care enough care, to research Cass. it. I don't care. I really don't give a damn about you being comfortable. None of that. I, I don't because we have to share this space, right? But it feels like I'm always sacrificing something for you, and I don't agree with that. What I don't care how it is. I'm not even preaching or on my high horse about how it should be. No. I don't need to have a conversation about, oh, let's share the space. No, 
It doesn't need no. to be shared. First of all, it's, it doesn't a, need it's a to college be campus. It's not a dog park. It, it doesn't need to be shared. It's not a community it doesn't need to be living shared. space. And it'll it's never be, it'll never be yours. And we'll never be comfortable with you just being here and treating it like it's like the one of the, in the article the guy was like there's plenty of parks so why are they walking through here like it's a dog park yeah. you know and that's just it just comes to it just comes to the simple fact that they know what they're doing and we know what they're doing the question is how do you protect it i think having somebody like beyonce bring this entire culture to a huge stage that is global. I mean, Coachella is global, right? People know about everywhere. They travel from everywhere to come to it. So I think that someone like her bringing this culture to the stage, showing how amazing and intricate um, and, you know, just entertaining, how, how positive, you know, how full of energy and soul it is. She did that first. And then she followed up a year later with the documentary, breaking it down and saying, listen, this is an issue. We need to protect this culture. We need to protect these customs. We need to protect these traditions. I think that's the first step. So I think this documentary is is beyond just getting to know Beyonce. It's beyond that. It's really about... She put put Starting the conversations about protecting, you know aspects of black life and black american life and black culture and black people and you know what shout out to her we wrap we're about to wrap this up shout out to her she's the first black woman the first african-american woman to headline coachella Coachella. you know again once again breaking those glass ceilings it's a well worth watch it's two hours and i mean when it was wrapping up, I was like, "Damn, already!" already. <laughs> you wanted, I she wanted a whole two, series. She gave you two hours and, and it 20 still minutes. What enough. more do you want from her? <laughs> she is still. I want to follow her for a day, and then we'll see. <laughs> Maybe that won't yeah. be enough. But <laughs> hey, y'all, thank you for listening to this episode of Nods and Bops. We really appreciate y'all. I'm Cass Marie, and I'm Chino. Thank you for listening. We're out. <laughs>